The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at WinBet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Drivers, start your... Strap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez. Thank God it's Friday. It is DFS Day on a weekend in which we will watch road course racing for the first time of the season. Cody, we've been talking all week about this Coda track. We've been talking all week about all our favorite parts of it. Now we just get to sit back, have some fun talk about some DFS drivers and, and just chill out for the rest of the weekend and enjoy some racing. Yes, exactly. I'm pumped. I Man, I'm torn. I'm not sure if I like... I, I like having the trucks race on Friday night. I do. I, I miss... Last Friday, we didn't have anything Friday night. We don't have anything tonight. It kind of sucks, but at the same time, I like the double headers on Saturday too, so... I don't know which one I like more. I think I wish that they were racing on Friday night, but we'll settle for, for the double header tomorrow. I'm excited. We've obviously placed a lot of bets so far this week. If you haven't listened to uh, to the betting episodes, go back and check out. There's one for for each series, Cups, Xfinity, and the trucks. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to practice is underway as, we, as we're talking over in the Cup Series side of things. Uh, not been able to watch it because it's on tape delay. What is what is the tape, Rod? I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> but it is it is on tape delay, so it'll be on TV later, so we'll be able to actually see what's going on. Uh, been some interesting times so far, but things are starting to to even out a little more. I would say the the biggest thing is Tyler Reddick so far has been the fastest throughout the practice, and uh, Bubba Wallace as well has been shockingly up there. And Ty Gibbs, all three of those guys in the top seven, we're probably about three quarters of the way through practice right now. So uh, Toyotas maybe have something figured out. Who knows? We'll have to see. You know, and and what I find to be quite amazing is that in Tyler Reddick's fastness, I'm I'm thinking to myself that this could be signaling a new uh, a new era. I talked about it, I think, in one of the betting shows, right, about how I think Tyler Reddick might be turning the corner. So this practice has got my eyes wide open. But um, all right, again, if you are just listening to the DFS episode of this show, of course, it is the Coda Weekend, the Circuit of the Americas. We are in Austin, Texas for the first road course, about a 3.4-mile track on this uh, road course that we've got going on. They've only been here for a couple of years. Um, for DFS purposes, 
Not a lot of laps to lead here, so obviously you're looking for some place differential and position points out of these guys. Not necessarily a track where you're going to get a ton of laps led, um, so make sure to keep an eye out on that. Obviously, that kind of goes along with fastest laps as well, so um, maybe stacking the back and picking one leader might be the way to go. I know Cody and I have still picked out our high price, mid price, and low price drivers for you on the weekend, but um, you know, ex expect a lot of just uh, kind of mundane racing, I think, now with no stage cautions, uh, no no actual stage cautions uh, to be thrown. So, I mean, we talked a lot about it in the betting show, so go back, we'll give a full-on race recap, or preview, rather, um, in those. But for DFS purposes, just know that when we talk about these drivers, a lot of these, we're going to be talking about positions, right? And trying to gain positions or trying to keep uh, a good finishing position. Yeah, and I think that... Again, like we talked about, uh, you know, during the betting episodes, there's a good chance that whoever leads this race early is going to lead this race often, is going to lead this race a lot. So you're going to want to make sure whichever guy it is, you have the guy that is leading all those laps early. So again, uh, we're going to talk about the guys that we really like up here and stuff. Keep an eye on things. Like I said, Tyler Reddick, so far the fastest through practice. Uh, they don't qualify until Saturday morning, so we won't we don't know the starting lineup at this point. Um, but if he ends up on the pole, is he the guy you want to pick? If it's Kyle Larson, who's the second fastest, is he the guy you, you're going to have to figure out who's going to jump out? It's it's probably likely. Well, I don't know. It could pay off to have the guys who start first and second, but you're going to have to get both of them to split the laps left, both of them to split fastest laps. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting mix because you're going to need place differential. Yes, but you're also going to need good finishing positions. So it's uh it's tough. It's a super uh well they're all different all different builds, but road courses specifically are a very interesting build and balance because there's not as many points out there to be had as there is on every other type of track that that we race at during the season. So it's gonna be uh gonna be fun, gonna be interesting ways to build uh, DFS this weekend. All right. Well, since cars are on the track right now, there's really no news to talk about until uh, obviously the weekend begins. So, Cody. Why don't we just go ahead and start them up with uh, with one of our favorite drivers, our favorite high-priced drivers for this slate? Let's dive right into it. Uh, Kyle Larson, he's the guy that, that I'm the biggest on going into this weekend, um, and I think that he's going to be that guy. Practice started off a little bit slow. Uh, I was watching him, and he was hanging around like 20th for a little while there, but again, as they've we're 49 minutes into practice right now, and he's now the second fastest to Tyler Reddick. Um, seemed like the Chevy's... Chevy's got off to a really slow start, kind of, uh, but now, now again, they're second, third, and fourth with Larson, Chastain, and Bush, and fifth with Suarez as well. Uh, Jordan Taylor, too. Shout out to him. He's ninth fastest in that nine car. It's going to be interesting to watch him in that, but back to Kyle Larson. We've talked about it, right? It's it's him and Chase Elliott seem to be 1A, 1B when it comes to road courses. Tyler Reddick, we'll see how Toyota's run this weekend, but Maybe he's going to stake his claim to be to be up in that conversation as well, of course. But uh, Larson is a guy I trust a lot more. Um, we saw it last year. He was pretty good here. And then, again, with the stage flipping and all that stuff, we talked about this on the betting episode. He got caught up in one of those restarts, shoved on the outside into that, that big hairpin turn right there in turn one, and, and shoved over into the gravel. The result wasn't great for him at that part. Uh, that was the first race in the next-gen car on a road course. So um, 15th at Sonoma, but opening that stage, uh, opening the race, he led the very first 26 laps. Then they tried to do some stupid pit strategy that did not work out. 
uh, and that cost him a lot. So again, not a good finish there. Shouldn't have to worry about that as much now without the stage flipping and stuff. That's again, we've talked about being a chalky week. Again, I think that's going to lead into the chalkiness of this is without the stage flipping, without those built-in cautions, these guys are going to have a huge advantage. If he jumps out and builds up a 10-second lead, he doesn't have to give that up at the end of stage one. He'll pit under green if everything goes smooth. He's still going to have that 10-second lead, be able to build on that and continue to go forward. Um, he ended up third place at Road America. Again, Chase Elliott, who's not in this race. Tyler Reddick, who's in a different car, the only two that beat him there. Um, Indy Road Course, that was an interesting one. That's the one where, again, his, his throttle hung, and he ended up in that huge wreck with Ty Dillon. But then he won at, at Watkins Glen. Um, and then the Charlotte Road, Road Road Course was a little little rough on him. But going back to 2021, uh, again, different car. But second place at Coda, won at Watkins Glen, third at Indy, won the Charlotte Roval. So was up front consistently. He's one of the better road course racers, one of the better drivers in the field, right? He's, he's great everywhere except for super speedways like we always talk about. But everywhere else, he's good. He's great. Uh, he's the highest price guy on the board. Again, it's just a chalky week for me. I am going to eat chalk all weekend in all three series, and it's going to go one way or the other. But but I just, unless we get these late race cautions, I think, and even if we get the late race cautions, as long as he doesn't get too bad of a finish for DFS purposes, I think he's going to lead a majority of the laps, uh, jump out and dominate this race, get some, get up plenty of fast laps logged in, and, and be high scoring for for your DFS for you. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, I said there's not a lot of laps to lead, so if you get the guy that's going to lead the most laps, you're going to have the most points. I mean, it's just it's math at this point for right. that. Well, and that's that's what makes it even more important is there's not a lot to go around. So so if you do get the guy who leads you know, 52 of these 68 laps, you're going to need to have that guy to win anything because you know, at an oval, if you lead 52 laps, okay, but what about the other 250? Like, but we don't have that in this case. It's that's a majority of laps here. So, uh, so you've got to you got to have that. Yeah, and uh, and somebody that I don't know that's going to lead a lot of laps, but I think will be there at the very end. And right now, he's actually tracking as the 18th fastest car on the track. And I say good because that just means that the the value for AJ Allmendinger will be that much better. He's going to be sleeping on him. Everybody's going to be <laughs> sleeping on. Him. They're going to look at the track stats and go, oh man, he's 18th fastest. I'm I'm not going to roster him, especially given the fact that he's. You want to know how much respect AJ Allmendinger gets? on road courses last week right at the ambetter health 400 uh he was sixty three hundred dollars on that uh mile and a half track well now uh he is ninety seven hundred dollars on this road course but for good reason i mean aj allmendinger we've already said it too in the betting episodes is just a fantastic road course racer you go back last season right the last four races that he had on a road course were all top 10 finishes in fact Two of them were top fives. He finished fourth at the Charlotte Roval, second at Watkins Glen, and that Charlotte Roval one was the one that he didn't even have power steering, right? I think that was the, that was the, well, no, that was the race before that. That was the Xfinity race that he didn't have power steering, right? No, that was the Sonoma was the one. Oh, Sonoma was Sonoma no power Cup steering. Was the one he did, he didn't have power steering. That's yeah. right. Uh, but Sonoma and was Cup like running top eight all race until like two laps to go. His arms finally gave out, yeah. and that's where he. Ended up with not as great of a finish. He finished 19 in that one, but that was without power steering. So he's still finished in the top 20 without right. power steering. Oh, the heating suit 
That was the or the cooling suit. Yes, That's yeah, what happened. He had so many issues. Last <laughs> he <year>. did. <laughs> yeah, and he still managed to finish. In, it was the Charlotte Roval that the heating suit went out, and he still he almost won that race. Uh, were it not for a late caution and uh, and and ended up coming in in fourth. But anyways, second at Watkins Glen, seventh at the Indy Road Course, ninth at Road America. Uh, obviously, we talked about his Sonoma no power steering issue. Finished nineteenth there. Coda was in the battle. Ended up finishing thirty third last year. Um, but here's the thing you go back even still more through it. Like he got, he won the Indy road course in 2021 fifth at Coda last year, seventh at the Daytona road course, uh, seventh at the Charlotte Roval. And that was all the 16. Like before that he was great in the 47, um, you know, a a bunch of top tens and, uh, even a few wins in that 47 car. But you know, this 16 car is much, much better than that 47 car is. And, uh, he's been able to drive it very well on road courses. I mean, he's a road course ringer, the dinger, but at at the same time, like the reason that his price is so elevated in in uh, in DFS right now is because of the simple fact that they know that he is a a good solid road course racer, and that you know if, if you're going to roster him, you have to pay up for him. And so again, when you're looking at the practice times, he's buried in practice charts now. So many people are going to look at that and go, I don't know, AJ Allmendinger doesn't look fast today. Okay, that's fine. If he qualifies there in 18th, he's not going to stay in 18th position. Like, he's going to climb. He's going to be a guy that will get you probably a top five finish. And 13 places of differential on this type of track, that's like leading 13 laps, right? That's that's like a, a pretty good chunk of, of pointage right there. So I'll take that from A.J. Allmendinger, especially at $9,200 when everybody else is above 10. You know, Kyle Larson is probably the only other one that I would feel ro- uh, comfortable rostering at that price. So, um, yeah, give me AJ Almadinger at just a, a slightly less than uh, $10,000 for this. Again, I love him. Yeah. And again, with, with Larson being up there, Kyle Bush, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, I think a lot of people are going to be playing those guys and then they're going to have to take a discount somewhere else. So Dinger might not get in as many lineups. Again, if people are looking at practice times, we, we have said that that practice was going to play into a lot of things that we want to do, but there's some exceptions to those rules, and A.J. Allmendinger is one of those exceptions. Like He's going to get it figured out. If we do have the long green flag stretches, that's going to play into a guy like his hands almost more than anyone because he's got all that road course experience. He's the winningest uh, road course racer in Xfinity Series history. He's got all the other types of road course. He's done IMSA, IndyCar. I mean, he's he's got so much road experience, it's crazy. He's always good at them, always finds a way to get up to the front. Um, so, yeah, it, it might end up being a solid place differential play depending on where he ends up qualifying at. Uh, so something to keep an eye on. But uh, you can never say he's a bad play when it comes to being at a road course. Not even a little. And it, and practice is playing into it because, again, practice, he looks slow. So hopefully that deters a lot of people. And, and yeah. in GPPs, you can roster him and be happy for it. So, uh, all right. Speaking of salary relief, we will come back after the break and give you some with our mid-tier drivers. But before we do, let's tell you about WinBet. It's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts, plus the ton of other states that it's already available in. And be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have a better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, 
for our DGENs only out there. If you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from, and all you got to do is download the WinBet app or head over to winbet.com right now. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 and older and present. The steroid play through WinBet is available. If you or somebody who knows a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. You're looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament of the world in the world of the year. All the, Just watch this thing, all right? Watch it with Sean and Ryan. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You can also win a three night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang with those guys. The contest is completely free to enter, just like everything else here at the SGP or right now just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party to get in on the action if you don't win the contest still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP 15 alright so you can't load up completely on all of the high price drivers in DFS you need to have a step down into the next tier Cody how far down are we stepping in this in this tier I kind of cheated and went to the top of this tier, but a guy that I, we didn't talk about him really on the betting episode. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about him in this episode and at least touch on him because I think that he's worth touching on and I'm going to save a lot of salary on my next pick. So it'll balance itself out. But Daniel Suarez, he checks in at $9,000. He was solid on road courses last season. Uh, He opened up the race here. Uh, with what he led the first 15 laps of the race, I think it was, um, and looked like the best car in the field. And then I can't remember what his issue might have been. It was either power steering. He had some type of issue. I, I don't remember what it was. But obviously his teammate, Ross Chastain, ends up going on to win the race. So if Suarez hadn't had that problem, the track house cars were good. Now we're looking at at the practice results that just ended here. And Suarez uh, checks in at where'd he end up, Rob? Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. You didn't scroll far enough up. So, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, that was the thing. I wasn't looking up far enough. See, and teammate Ross Chastain third. So again, track house is fast. Uh, Chevy a little bit late bloomers in practice, but they ended up up coming up and taking a bunch of those top spots. So uh, he, he's been fast, but led the 15 laps here last year. Looked really, really good. I mean, was class of the field in stage one. Uh, until he ended up having the problem. Led 47 laps at Sonoma, ended up winning that race. Fifth place at Road America. Indy Road Course wasn't as nice to him. He finished 25th. Um, Watkins Glen, though, again, a fifth-place finish, a nice, solid showing from Daniel Suarez. Um, and then at the Roval, he started third. He went out of that race rather quickly and ended up finishing last. But um, so maybe maybe you don't take him on the, the Roval type of tracks, right? Indy and Charlotte, he didn't do so good. The true road courses are the ones where he performed well. So, uh, But again, solid finishes. Led the last led upside. Uh, again, depending on where he starts, maybe you'll get some, some upside as far as place differential. But I think he's going to be a guy that's... I don't necessarily think that he'll, he'll come out and lead a ton of laps or anything like that, but he does have that upside. I mean, he led 15 here last year. Led 47 at Sonoma. So if he can get his way to the front, uh, and Sonoma was a, a bit of <laughs> Elliot and Larson both ended up making stupid mistakes that cost them. And they, when they probably, I mean, they dominated early in that race and then that happened. But again, put yourself in position. Um, and he's proven he can do it. He's proven he can get you solid finishes. Uh, continuously, the fifth at Watkins Glen, fifth at Road America, winning at Sonoma. Those are nice, solid finishes. If he can just get you a solid day up front. Again, he's at the very kind of top tier of the 
of the mid range. You could even maybe argue that he's low, low tier in the high range. But I think that again, this is kind of that area where guys are going to be overlooked because people want to grab a couple guys at the top and then they got to scroll down because that average price drops drastically at that point. And, and you're thinking, okay, I got to get some guys more in the middle. So I don't have to settle for a Cody Ware at the bottom. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> which believe you me I looked at real quick just to see if I if I was at all tempted by it but no I was not and uh true to form he was last in practice so. yeah so, <laughs> I'm just saying hey but, I picked Cody Ware last week all right you so, did uh, you he's did got his, he's got his time to shine that's super speedways and nowhere else so I I love uh, Daniel Suarez obviously because of that upside and the fact that he did come. You had this on the sheet before he came in fifth in practice, so that even makes it yeah. uh, even more. It's funny because I put mine before practice, and all of mine are starting to get sort of uh, dissed because of the fact that it's practice, right? And and they're not looking good. Almondinger 18th in practice. This next guy that I'm about to suggest to you is not a name that comes out of my mouth very often. Not only betting but DFS wise, and that's Chris Busher. Um, but we've talked at length this season about RFK actually being uh, a pretty decent team so far this season. The finishes haven't necessarily been there for Busher as, as opposed to Keselowski in this instance. Um, but I will say that in, in most cases last week, he didn't uh, get you any points. In fact, he lost you 19 points, uh, starting seventh and finishing 35th rough day for Busher. But before that, I mean, he got you 54 points by finishing fourth at the Daytona 500. He did get you 22 points, 22 points on, uh, about $7,000 in salary, in salary, 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 whatever, man, I I'll never get those two right. Um, but then the week after, he started 21st uh, and then finished 15th at Vegas, gave you 34 points. And then, of course, like I said, a pretty bad week last week. But the reason I'm picking Chris Busher, if you look at the road course averages, average finishes since February of 2020, so we're you know going back about three three seasons now, it's Chris, it's Chase Elliott at 6.6. That's the average finish. Then it's Chris Busher at 11.3 unbelievable that he's right there right after uh chase elliott in average finish on road courses since february of 2020 look back at what he did last season finished six on the roval right that was kind of a surprising one because we didn't expect chris busher to be up there uh in the mix at the end of that race and there he was battling it out with almondinger wasn't that the wasn't that the race's car caught on fire at yes, some point too it was <laughs> was it, engulfed in flames on pit road and yeah still finished sixth <laughs> and that's what i'm saying it was an impressive finish because he was up there in the mix with almondinger i think with reddick with all those guys that were up at the front of that race finished ninth at watkins Glen, 10th on indy road course six at road america second at sonoma the only track that he suffered last year was this one where he finished 22nd, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, you go back the year before that, third at the Roval, uh, 12th at Indy Road Course. He did finish 13th here last year, um, or two years ago, rather, on the first race that they did. So he's got a proven track record on road courses for some reason or another. And uh, like I said, he's he hasn't been able to put together a, a decent finish yet this season, but I kind of feel like that might change. And... Again, another guy that's now 31st on the pack, the practice charts. So when people look at that, they're going to go, oh, he's not fast. Well, okay, but he's proven that he can get up inside of the top 10, even when his car catches on fire. So I think putting a little something on the 17, especially maybe in tournament play, can get you a little differential between uh, some of the guys that are going to go heavy on chalk. Yeah, I, 
again, I, I think that I'm, I'm slightly hesitant on Busher. I talked about this in the, the betting episode just because I think he was really good at flipping the stages last season and then not necessarily picking up spots but not giving them up. Um, but not giving up spots could also play well into his favor as well. If he's he's proven if he can get some track position, he can hold on to it at the road courses. So I think that's that's a positive uh, there. And again, like you said, not super impressive in um, practice. So so that I think will help. Again, a lot of people won't be on him. And again, yes, there's a lot you can put into the practice times and and all of that stuff, but to win some of these GPP contests, you've got to be different somewhere and you've got to take guys like this that, that didn't necessarily impress this time early in practice. And again, it's, it's not that long of a practice. I mean, they're only running so many laps and so you're not getting a full picture. It's not the full race of things. They're not actually in position or necessarily racing against each other. A lot of times it's more just time trial laps, but Busher has proven himself and proven that he can get nice solid finishes for you. So um, I, I still like this play as well, and I think that it will be a play that maybe not a ton of people are on necessarily, uh, especially after a uh, uh, so-so run in practice. As with most weeks, I'm going to come out looking like uh, like I know what I'm talking about or like I really am, right? You know, it's it's just a matter of we'll figure out which Chris Busher everybody gets in this. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah, right? I either come out looking outstanding or like I have no business talking to you on this microphone, which, I mean... Let's face it. We all know that's the truth. But uh, all right. <laughs> let's, I don't know about that, Rob. Let's but. talk about some value <laughs> plays after. I'm self-deprecating. I don't, if you guys have listened to me for 140 episodes, you know this by now. Uh, and, yeah, and for sure. those of you who are just joining us, get used to it. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's come back from the break. We'll give you some value plays for your DFS slate on the Circuit of the Americas track. Well, let's talk to you about Underdog Fantasy because we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness, and the College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket's already busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So many of you now are watching us on YouTube, and we cannot believe that you guys are actually doing it. So we thank you so much for tuning in. I watched myself the other day, and uh, I promptly went around the house to do other stuff uh, just because I wanted to see this show on TV. Spoiler alert, it's better on your phone. Anyways, so thanks for watching. Continue to do so. Continue to like, subscribe, ring that bell so when we go live, you'll know, and uh, and leave us some comments. But also for you OG listeners on the podcast apps, write us a review. We love to see it. The bosses love to see it. They continue to keep us on longer, the better your reviews are. So uh, if you want to keep listening to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast in the future, good way to help that, tell us and tell the bosses to keep us on the air. So... All right. Enough of my uh, pleading for you. Uh, I love you all, but I don't like that part. It makes me uncomfortable. All right. <laughs> um, I was looking to uh, Ryan over at iFantasy Race. He's a really good follow. Make sure. Let's see. What's his? Uh, it is at iFantasy Race on Twitter, but make sure you're following him. He's always got a lot of good data, and he's quick. He's already got out the, the five and ten lap uh, speed cheat sheet uh, that he put out in. He does say, uh, he mentions in here that he thinks Almondinger 
Sindrick, Suarez, and Taylor's five-lap averages are highly misleading. He thinks that uh, maybe they or uh, I think he said specifically Almendinger. Uh, yeah, he said all four of them. He thinks they tanked their their five lap average times. But uh, so there's a there's a chalk up in your Almendinger camp for you. But Tyler Reddick did have the fastest five lap, and he's the only one who has a ten. Or wait, him and Ty Gibbs, I guess, are the only two who did ten lap runs. So that's another thing too. Is I mean these are pretty short runs, so not not necessarily putting everything into it. But Tyler Reddick was fast. I think that's obviously the biggest surprise. Uh, from the Toyota camp. Then it was Ross Chastain, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Bubba Wallace, McDowell, Hamlin, Bell, and Bowman rounding out the top 10 for, for five-lap average ranks, uh, according to Ryan over there. So just uh, finding more information as, as practice wrapped up here as we were recording. So wanted to toss that out there. Yeah, so make sure you're in the Discord. We'll, we'll share that in the Discord for you as well. I have already actually. Oh, look at you! See, I'm I'm a man in the control. Sorry, <laughs> Rod knew I, Rod knew I was going to do it. So, yeah. um, okay. Next up for me, uh, I went to the bottom of the board here and worked my way backwards from the bottom up to see where I could uh, feel comfortable making a play. Josh Balicki all the way at the bottom. Ty Dillon, Cody Ware, Connor Daly. These guys didn't really do it for me. You're going up. You got LaJoy, Stenhouse, Burton, Gilliland. Then I stopped at Noah Gragson, $5,600 for Noah Gragson. Um, it's a pretty cheap price, and he's a rookie in the Cup Series, so we've not really seen him run. Uh, I don't think he's run any of the Cup Series road courses yet. I know he was splitting time in a couple of those cars last season, but he did the college cars on Oval, and then the Beard cars were on the Super Speedway, so I don't think he's made any starts. But you go back and you look at his Xfinity record last season, never really a guy you thought – Noah Gregson and road courses like some of these Xfinity guys in the past. Guys like Sindrick, guys like Gibbs, even Chase Briscoe had a lot of success on them. Almondinger, obviously. Uh, there's been quite a few guys that, that have really dominated there. Gregson was never one of those guys, but consistency was the key in all six road course races last season in the Xfinity Series. Finished top 10, fourth year at Coda, ninth at Portland, eighth at Road America, 10th at Indy, fourth at Watkins Glen, third at the Roval. So that just shows me that even though he's not an elite road course racer, he's not going to be up there battling for the win or anything like that. He's a solid guy. He can give you a nice, solid, positive day. We've seen him. Obviously, we know he's a great driver from his time in the Xfinity Series. Um, and according to Ryan's chart here, 17th and five uh, lap average. For a guy that's this far down on the, on the price with only a handful of guys underneath of him, uh, I feel comfortable in that. And uh, again, I had this one in there before practice, but as well but that that reaffirms that for me um with with noah gregson there and he ended up where'd he end up on the final chart uh 25th so again not not super great but but not the worst either and again with when somebody is this cheap you're just kind of looking for a nice solid run a decent finish and again depending on where he starts at uh some place differential potentially uh, and somebody who can just last throughout the race and be there and get you a nice solid run. So he's a guy that, that you can go down if you want to, you know, come up on the guys like Suarez and stuff, uh, dip all the way down there without having to go too far. Guys like Cody Ware, guys like Josh Balicki, they're likely going to be at the very back of this thing, especially if we get these long green flag runs. 
uh, those you know those guys can can sneak up and grab some finishes when we have all these chaotic seven overtimes. But if that's not the way this goes, I think a guy like Dixon is a, a much much better option than than stooping all the way to the bottom on one of these punt plays. So Gragson's only road course start really in the Cup Series came at the Roval. Uh, he started oh, yes. 39th, yeah, and then and then yeah. moved up 10 spots to fin. Oh, I'm sorry, he started 29th rather, uh, moved up to 23rd. So um, not bad, but that was his first. That was his first road course start, and it's a Roval. That's yeah. that's a tough one to yeah to try. And, to yeah, and I mean we we saw those guys really struggle filling in for those guys last season. Him and Gibbs, it, it's kind of hard to look at that stuff and really compare too much, just because. You're thrown into that situation. It's not your car. It's it's yeah. Everything is kind of weird. So I'm not going to look too far into that. But again, even that you said 23rd. That's still a decent run. I mean, ends up having a decent day as as a not even a rookie yet, just kind of thrown in there and filling in for Bowman when when he had his concussion issues. Indeed. Um, all right. My next driver, I scrolled up. I scrolled down a little bit actually from Gragson to get to Austin Dillon at sixty four hundred dollars. This is another one that I, I did before practice, and I practice just basically said, yeah, Rod, your read was wrong. Uh, he came in just behind his brother in 30th. Uh, Ty Dillon uh, is at 29th. Austin Dillon Oof, is at rough. 30th. That was a <laughs> rough go of it. But here's the thing. All right, Austin Dillon is $6,400, like I said has actually turned in a couple of good, decent DFS days. He got you 41 points a couple of weeks back at the uh, the race in Phoenix. And then, of course, uh, 55 at um, at, uh, at Vegas, right? No, um, the Palo Casino, that's California. Whew, Rod, I'm reading the DK one, trying to get this through. Uh, but anyways, he got you a couple of, of over 40-point performances. And when you look back at the um, the driver averages from road at Coda rather over the last couple of races, Austin Dillon's in sixth in that. It goes Ross Chastain at two and a half, Chase Elliott at two and a half, Bowman at five, Tyler Reddick at seven, Michael McDowell, believe it or not, at ten, and Austin Dillon right there at eleventh. That's his average fin- finishing position at Coda over the last couple of seasons. Take a look back, though, at his actual road course races. Again, for his price, we're not looking at anybody that's going to win this race or, or really lead laps. We just want solid finishes. The Roval, he finished 10th. Watkins Glen, he finished 17th. He had a rough go at the Indy Road Course and Road America, 30th and 31st in both of those. But at Sonoma before that, 11th. Coda before that, 10th. Charlotte Roval, 15th from last year. 15th at Watkins Glen, 11th at Road America, 11th or 13th at Sonoma. Coda, 12th. He's inside the top 15 more times than he's not. And Austin Dillon is probably going to be one of those guys that doesn't qualify well, but could end up with a nice solid finish by the end of the day, kind of weaving his way up through. And 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 not not very heralded either. He'll do it very quietly. You'll you'll look at him, he'll probably be in like 25th, 26th, and then you look up again and he'll be in the 13th position. You'll be like, "How the hell did he get there?" But uh, Austin Dillon will probably end up doing exactly that for you. And again, guy that wasn't fast in practice, maybe was uh, sandbagging it a little and and maybe won't qualify very well either. But I think, like I said, can get you some points. And at $6,400, you know, you'll, you'll like a good 32-point day or even a, you know, 35-point day out of him. Um, that would be that would be better. That would be worth your your price of admission for him. Yeah, and actually the five-lap averages, he was 11th fastest, so... 
that's uh, you know in the five lap average a good solid run uh he he has probably been one of the most improved road course racers over the last two seasons he spent uh i know he, i think it was it was two two off seasons ago. We talked about like spending time in off season just working on road courses because he was admittedly himself very bad at them prior to that uh, and wanted to focus on it. And, and we've seen the results, right? These top tens, these top fifteens for a guy that's this cheap on the board. Um, what is he? Sixty four hundred. That's all you need. If if he can finish tenth, fifteenth, you'll take that from a guy like this. Uh, again, dependent. We'll see where he starts from. But and then we know those cars are fast, right? The eight car was the fastest car on road courses last season. Um, and, and then you expect them to be fast again this year. Kyle Busch in the top four in practice as well in that car. So they've got speed there. The Chevrolets again have had the advantage to start the season speed wise. I think we're going to continue to see that. Maybe some improvement here from Toyota for sure. Um, but uh, in Ford, again, not to be found really. Uh, five lap averages, McDowell in seventh, Brad Kozlowski in thirteenth. So, not not looking great for Ford yet again. I, I think that that might be the the best thing we could take from this is just continue to fade Ford. I know they looked great on Super Speedways last week, uh, and that was all well and good. But yeah, and then you go over to the actual just where they landed in practice, and Ryan Blaney in twelfth was the fastest Ford. So, oof. Wow. but. That's to the Austin Dillon point. Chevrolets have the best advantage, I think, of anyone as well. So that's going to help him also. Uh, so, yeah, I, re I really like this um, this play too. And, uh, again, all these drivers fit in there. So even though I had my expensive mid-tier guy, I made up for it later, and uh, you still got $1,200 to spare. Again, don't just go play this lineup because we don't have all the information yet. We don't know where they're going to start. We haven't seen qualifying. Uh, so definitely tune in after that. Again, the Discord's the best place to be for – for continued conversations uh, post-podcast. Indeed. Get in there and get your pen and paper out because we're about to go over all of our drivers for you one more time. Cody started you out with Larson at 10400 I followed up with AJ Allmendinger at $9,700. Cody gave you Daniel Suarez at 9000 I gave you Chris Buescher at 7700 Cody gave you Noah Gragson at 5600 I gave you Austin Dillon at 6400 Good luck, everybody, on building those lineups. Again, join us in the Discord. We'll keep the conversation rolling for you. Uh, hopefully, you built a good one for yourself. Hopefully, you cash. We'll have a contest in the Discord for you as well um, to join and uh, get in on the action if you don't already have a couple of contests going. So, Cody, now we got to get you out the door. Let's uh, close this up and have everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yep, follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, again, if you're listening on the podcast feeds, Make sure you go over to YouTube, click uh, the subscribe button, click that little bell. We've been doing the the live uh, post-race reactions on Sunday evenings when it's been working out. Uh, and so I think we'll we'll try and shoot for that again this week if it works. Um, but yeah, definitely. And then you can, you can be involved. The chat's been very active in those. Give your opinions, give your thoughts. Uh, and you'll be notified when we go live. So make sure you do that. And check out Rod's super sweet uh, intro, vid intro video that, uh, that he set up for us over on YouTube. It's... Uh, pretty cool well thank you very much uh follow me on twitter at rj via gomez there's a link in the bio to everything i got going on whether it's here whether it is in between media check out the back road on youtube once you're done watching here we'll be back next week we'll be back after the race to break it all down for you and talk through hopefully we'll cash a lot of tickets and it'll be a fun time and a fun hang 
Uh, so until then, let's go racing and let it ride.